For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. What's up, Zinger Nation? My name is Logan Ross, and this is Moon or Bust, your home for all things altcoins and DeFi. I am coming to you live from Benzinga headquarters in beautiful downtown Detroit, Michigan today. The crypto markets are a little bit quiet, but the NFT markets are hot, and we'll be covering it all, as well as talking to our friend David Sun from the NFT project Proof of Beauty. This is a sweet one. You do not want to miss it. Uh, so get out your wrapping paper and put on your best cologne because we're about to learn about Proof of Beauty's London gift and the London nightclub DAO. Okay, that's why you need your best cologne in case you were wondering. I am joined today by DeFi developer Brian Moore and master of margin Ryan McNamara. How are y'all fellas doing today? Doing good. That was a wicked <coughs> intro, Logan. Who that thought was a good that? one. Got my cologne ready. Uh, I think it was the master of margin who wrote that one. <laughs> 100%. How are you doing, Logan? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for finally asking. Uh, but I want to know how y'all are doing in the chat. Uh, so let us know. Drop a comment right below the like button. Uh, and let us know what projects, NFT or crypto, you are looking at this week. While you're down there, the first link in the description is the Benzinga Crypto separate YouTube channel where all the hot crypto clips will be posted. Uh, also, join our Telegram for a 25% off on the sick Moon or Bus swag. You can get an ETH hat. BTC hat, Doge hat, whatever whatever team you're on, whatever you're feeling, uh, you can get 25% off by joining our Telegram. It's that easy. Uh, also, we just launched a brand new landing page for Moon or Bust with a Moon or Bust game. Yes, that's right, a game. You can go vote Moon or Bust on all of your favorite tokens. Uh, the link is in the description as well. So make sure you check it out. Go drop your votes and, and let us know how you're feeling. Um, Make sure to connect with us on Twitter and our guest as well. All of that is linked in the description below. Um, but with that out of the way, let's get into the news. So I say we start off today talking about Budweiser uh, buying a Tom Sachs NFT and the beer.eth ENS domain name. Uh, Ryan, what do you think about a, uh, a second company coming into the NFT space, especially the PFP space, uh, after Visa bought that CryptoPunk the other day? Yeah, I definitely think it's really interesting. And it seems like Visa might have been more of a marketing play. I think they put it really well in their tweet talking about how they, they, they've they collected financial instruments through the past. So I thought that was really cool. But Budweiser, I think, is a little bit different because not only did they get, like you said, that Tom Sachs Rocket Factory NFT, but they got an ENS domain name, which I think is really interesting. They actually got two. So they got beer.eth and they got beyond beer.eth. So I don't really follow Budweiser much. I'm not really sure what that beyond beer.eth would be used for, but yeah, who knows? Maybe they have something else in the works. But I definitely think that this could really push up the ENS market. There's probably more speculative mm -hmm. investments with these shorter domain names, kind of like the dot-com bubble. And I think it'll be really interesting to see where this all goes and if more companies start buying .eth domain names. Not to yeah. mention they bought it for 30 ETH. Yeah, it was like $100,000. That was insane. Wow. 
that's yeah. really cool uh so i don't know i haven't heard yet but we saw visa went through a third party to to you know facilitate their transaction um but did buzz did budweiser use a third party or did they buy eth to do this did you guys hear about it Ooh, i didn't do my research on that yeah no neither did i it's okay. we'll have We're to look in boat. if you yeah, guys we'll know drop a comment and, and fill us in uh otherwise we'll try to figure it out for next time um but yeah it's cool to see that further adoption i think that visa might have knocked over the first domino in a long line of, of corporate nft plays uh so we'll keep our eyes on that going forward uh in other news uh crypto markets are not doing a whole lot i'll, I'll share coin market cap with you guys here we could just take a quick peek over the market see what's up see what's going on so we got btc hovering around 49 again we got eth back at 3200 cardano's holding steady uh looking for three dollars again soon binance coins the one that's ripping today that's about it we got polka dot let's see what do you guys have on your radars today anything in particular i'm just glad binance is uh above 500 again i bought i put some more into my um, rebalancing and change my value. So I added a lot more BNB when it was at 270. I mean, uh, 470. Nice. Oh, okay. So, so I got a nice little bump even up there. there. Yeah. For sure. Good day, Mike. You want to let us know what cryptos you're looking at? Maybe we could talk about them. Uh, that goes to everyone else. We got Gavin. <laughs> Gavin Newsome, good old Gavin, uh, is looking <laughs> at Cardano. Maybe we'll pull up that chart for a second. Cardano's up 30% on the seven-day that is thick uh and, and you know it's in price discovery already reaching those new all-time highs we'll look for that to continue here shortly uh yeah let's see the market cap is 125 billion dollars that's insane i guess that's the fully diluted market cap maybe it's closer to the to this number here the 89 billion still either way ridiculous uh and it's probably only going to get bigger throughout the next couple of months we will keep our eyes on it for sure um all right oh, one well, thing about the um budweiser deal yeah, is me, uh the vice president of the global brands of budweiser um their parent company uh enhancer bush inbev said that they're um investing in a new nft media shop run by gary v so mm -hmm. they're they're jumping full 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 in the deep end on this they really capitalize on the new booming again booming market which is pretty cool there you go. Another thing I wanted to point out, uh, Chainlink Oracles went live on Solana today. That is pretty cool, in my opinion. And I like how Chainlink is working with all these different blockchains. Uh, they, they have really got it figured out. Um, okay, but let's jump back to the, to the NFT space. Um, maybe we should just talk about Proof of Beauty, get that going. Or do you guys have any other projects you want to talk about? Real I think quick we should rip a Rooney right to Proof of Beauty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right ripperuni we shall so back again today on moon or bus is our good friend david sun david worked on the zero x protocol helped create the matcha dex aggregator uh, and now he started his own nft project known as proof of beauty proof of beauty turns blockchain transactions into beautiful pieces of nft art and they recently launched a new limited collection called the london gift that david is here to tell us about today David, welcome back, man. How are you? Good, good. How are you guys? I'm doing great. We are happy to have you on to talk to us about London. Uh, we had you on earlier this summer and the audience loved it. Uh, for anyone who missed the last episode, uh, maybe could you just fill us in on your background, how you joined the crypto space and what projects you've worked on so far? 
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you already kind of gave a pretty great summary, so I'm going to fill in the gaps there. Uh, I joined in 2017 during that ICO bubble, lost a good change of money during the bear market. Uh, but decided to stick around and, and joined Xerox Protocol um, as an engineer and, 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 you know, was building infrastructure for what is today's DeFi um, and, and in the NFT marketplace. Uh, things like what, you, like the technology that OpenSea uses is very much so inspired by uh, uh, Xerox Protocol. Hmm. Um, I know that. But yeah, so uh, bit the NFT bug when CryptoKitties uh, slowed down the ETH market hmm. um, back in 2018. Hmm. And always wanted to do NFTs. Um, and Proof of Beauty kind of uh, was a side project and soon became a full-time endeavor. And, and haven't looked back since. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so before we talk about London, let's do a quick recap uh, about Proof of Beauty's first collection, the Hash collection. And if you want me to pull yeah. up any part of the website, just let me know. Yeah, um, I think the best... Uh, I guess demonstrator of the project probably will be hash.pob.studio slash explore or explore page. Um, but yeah, so uh, hash is a project about collecting history, about collecting transaction history um, on Ethereum blockchain. Uh, what do we mean by that? Well, it's, uh, you know, we historically, you know, uh, have always collected uh, uh, pictures. Uh, we actually tell history, like just general history via uh, arts, right? We have oil paintings of the French Revolution. We have uh, war photography of the Vietnam era. We did that, but just the more crypto native way, which is using NFTs as the kind of painting that represents a moment of history uh, on the blockchain. So Mm -hmm. uh, you can feed it a transaction Right, any Ethereum transaction, it could be your very first transaction, it could be a hack, it could be the largest, it could be the Visa sale, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or the Visa purchase of the CryptoPunk. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we take all the information within that transaction and produce a, a piece of art, right? Um, and this piece of art, you can also add a title, a description to kind of describe it. Um, there's a whole lot of interaction you can do there, right? And, and that's kind of a way of telling stories, right? In a very crypto native way and then there's been a pretty lively secondary market people are speculating on what history hmm. um, is very valuable right mm-hmm. um so yeah that's that's hash it's it's kind of like an, a project to make collecting history telling stories about crypto fun hopefully <laughs> um and, and uh engaging yeah this is awesome so right now i'm looking at jay-z's crypto wallet addresses is that correct uh, I'm, I think so. I, 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 yeah, this, so I started way, way, way back. So I started here. Uh, I found these featured collections. Wait, was it? No, it was down a little you're bit. You're looking more. a little down. Yep. Oh, yeah. So yep. Sean Carter right here, view Jay-Z's yep. memorable. Moments. So what you guys did is you found Jay-Z's wallet address, found all the transactions, uh, and then use your algorithm to turn these into pieces of, of beautiful NFT art, uh, that we could 
I can mint right now for 0 0.08 ETH. Yeah, so these are like unclaimed transactions. Wow. As, um, but yeah, so like just to kind of clarify the key rule with hashes, uh, one transaction, one NFT. So if it's been mm -hmm. minted, you can only buy it on the secondary market, right? So there's like this race to the bottom where, you know, when the London hard fork happened, everybody wanted the very first transaction mm -hmm. after the hard fork, right? So yeah. um, there's kind of a fun competitive game at play, um, you know, uh, with, with a lot of these guys trying to get the best parts of the history. Hmm. So I'm just pulling up Etherscan here, looking into this NFT transaction, the first uh, 721 transaction on Jay-Z's address. I'm wondering if this is the punk. It doesn't look like it was. It could have been a transfer from somebody to him, I think. Ah, that also qualifies. Very cool. And then we have the first ETH inbound. So what do you think this might have been? Probably just this guy just went on Coinbase and just loaded a crap load of, yep. of ETH. <laughs> Dang, that's cool, and it's it's still for sale. That's crazy. Uh, I might have to pick that up after the show. No one swipe it from me, please. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me take my screen off and pull up the next question. So at the beginning of this month, uh, Ethereum successfully launched the EIP-1559 London hard fork. Uh, what is the significance of this in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a, a lot of layers to this. Um, obviously, the first one is it, it radically changed how gas, uh, how we target gas pricing. And, and that, you know, I don't think we have fully realized the benefits of like, you know, lower gas prices from the IP 1559 hard um, uh, change, but it definitely radically changed how we price things, right? Like mm -hmm. there's, it's it's a lot more predictable it, it's uh you know theoretically it's deflationary right for eth which you know makes me mm. more of a eth maxi than i was before <laughs> uh, um you know it, and, and and that's really all cool and and i'm you know metamask recently updated right to support yep. eip 1559 transactions and personally i think the ux is a lot better just mm. being able to see the price actively flash and then if you and then being yeah. a lot more predictable with the block with like the timing it's like oh this should be within 30 seconds mm -hmm. which now is what, what used to be kind of just like a shot in the dark now yeah. it's a little less of a shot in the dark at least now you have like a little laser pointer <laughs> <laughs> um to help you out a bit yeah. um, so that's very powerful i think uh, but i think the repercussions of 1559 is it really demonstrates the power of utility and consumer use i think a lot of other box chains their political power is really constrained by their miners right mm -hmm. whatever they say you know they they own the hash power yeah right so the fact that eip 1559 which percept like on the perceptions it's bad for miners as right. as a part of their fees get burnt mm -hmm. um the fact that this thing was able to pass with right. some amount of buy-in on the miner side on the developer side on the dap side kind of really is I think tells how politically strong uh, the ETH community is, right? Mm -hmm. Being able to do something that is that had a lot of controversies from the beginning, yeah. right? And that if that doesn't make you a little bit more bullish on mm -hmm. ETH being capable of upgrading itself, being capable of adapting yep. itself to whatever future needs, uh, right? I don't think a lot of other uh, uh, blockchain communities have yet to face these endeavors 
Um, I don't definitely Bitcoin has its own struggles and usually it always occurred to hard forks. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that ETH was able to have no hard forks mm-hmm. uh, and just very easily kind of move over this uh, kind of contentious uh, uh, EIP, it, it shows a lot of the maturity of the technology stack and the community that's operating. And then that's, to me, a very long-term bullish signal that, you know, the world is going to throw a lot of crap at each blockchain, but it seems that ETH has uh, has bored through a lot of these, you know, mm-hmm. through its history, and seems more likely to succeed whenever a new um, issue arises. Right? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I just kind of want to dig in here a little bit because I also think that that this is the most significant thing. Uh, aside from the fee burning, it was a- being able to convince the miners to take less money uh, and, and continue upgrading this network. It shows that they are truly convicted. They truly believe in the future of the network and and they care about holding ETH long term more than they care about uh, their mining profits in in the near term here. So um, we're looking for Bitcoin to to try to pull off a similar feat towards the end of the year with Taproot, right? Yeah, I think that's Uh, coming up actually in a month or so. Yeah. David, do you know? I... I'm, I'm like probably the worst at Bitcoin. Yeah. But currently, <laughs> I so. think you're right. I'm pretty sure it's in September. Yeah, they're pretty much trying to do a very similar idea. Mm-hmm. So, David, I want to touch on what it takes to pull off something like this without a hard fork. Um, well, I'm not the best one to answer this, to be honest. Um, I, I don't know all the nuances of core development on, on ETH. Um, but I do know that the the difficulty bomb in place with Ethereum um, was a huge, uh, what do you call it, political poker chip that mm-hmm. developers had against the miners. It's, uh, you know, the difficulty bomb, the hash rate grows very fast to a place yeah. where the hash difficulty grows very fast to a place where miners are just unsustainably producing blocks. It's kind of like a mutually assur- assured destruction mm-hmm. mechanic. And um, hmm. developers gave themselves, I think, the key to delay that bomb. Interesting. Um, so I think that played a part. But also, I think miners are realizing just how much buy-in there was from DApps, from you know, from like just uh, pro- Dex protocols, from the mm-hmm. NFT space. It's like they don't, they didn't want to make themselves an enemy towards this humongous market that they are now uh, sustaining. So. I think there's there's been enough political pressure just to uh, say that we want to be part of the future instead of um, make a very contentious, like mm-hmm. that we're all making money, so let's all be happy kind of a deal. Yeah. <laughs> very cool. Totally. So I want to jump back into Proof of Beauty because there has been a lot of new developments on it since you were on the show last. Can we start mm-hmm. by talking about Proof of Beauty's London gift and what it is? Yeah, yeah. Uh, London as a project was a attempt to celebrate this hard fork, right? Um, it was, we wanted to build something that, uh, I, I guess, you know, hash was about recording history, right? It was about how do we document it? It's like the camcorder of ETH. But we wanted a project that makes history, right? We wanted a project that celebrated that history. And we saw a great opportunity with this hard fork that like, look, we can create a great meme around it, create a great project around it and find a way to celebrate it. Um, so that's what London, that, that, was, that was inspiration for London. Um, London started as an, actually an ERC-20 project. Um, it was an altcoin. Um, but the key condition was you had to mint 
or if you wanted to get the London ERC-20 token, you had to actually mint at a very, very specific gas price. Uh, the mm-hmm. specific gas price was 15.59 GWA mm-hmm. uh, in celebration of EIP-1559. So it, 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 it threw people for a little bit in the ringer. It was instead of thinking about gas price as just like, if I pay a lot, I get my transaction in. Um, the protocol was actually like, hey, I don't want you to pay a lot. Actually, I need you to pay less to get the most amount of tokens. So, so, so it made people have to rethink how gas price works, right? And that was the whole point of the project because London was going to change how gas price works. So we wanted a project that makes you change how gas price works, right? Hmm. So um, that created a very interesting uh, uh, community and mechanic, right? And that's why we hmm. called the DAO, the London nightclub DAO was people realized that <clears throat> you wanted to get a transaction that's so low on gas price in on the blockchain, you had to do it at night. You had to do it on the weekends when nobody was, you know, using the blockchain. So people were like, this is the nightclub, right? Like this is the London nightclub. We got to do it at the night and we're all going to start having fun and, and, and start flooding the, tra- the blockchain with, you know, London transactions. Um, and that's, that's, that's where that moniker came from the London nightclub. Um, but yeah, so, you know, you could have meant the London ERC 20 all the way up to the hard fork. Right. And, and right after hard fork, we gave it its first utility. You could buy the London Gift NFT, uh, which which is about eight thousand of them, um, and the only way to get them was you had to pay fifteen fifty nine London tokens, right? So if we didn't ask for ETH, we asked for the ERC twenty token, um, and yeah, so that was a very fascinating you know experience because the first four hours of the hard fork London Gift was actually the number one burner of hmm. ETH. Um, and that, like, it was really funny to see when there, there were, it was, I think there was a Bankless podcast that was um, live streaming the IP 1559 event. And then people were like, what the hell was this London gift? <laughs> that was topping it up for the first few hours of that podcast. Um, and that kind of was emblematic of our goal that we wanted to make noise. We wanted to make history, right? Um, and, and, and we also actually have the honor of um, the very first EIP 1559 transaction on the Ethereum blockchain is a London transaction, a London gift transaction. Wow. Uh, that's cool. So that's another like, uh, uh, and and the funny part is that very transaction has been collected as a hash by the hash wow. community, right? So you can see that like the interplay that we're having with these two projects, these two collections, uh, which is super exciting and super fun to see on the day uh, of the hard fork. Um, and, you know, I think it uh, for us, at least internally, it, it did everything we wanted it to do, right? Which is make noise, bring a community together, uh, tell people about this great change to the hard fork um, in a very crypto native way, right? Um, and yeah, so now we have the London gift. Um, it's been selling on OpenSea on the secondary market. Um, mm-hmm. The price floor has been all right, pretty good at 0.13 right now. Um, and, and you know, there's quirky names for those and, and people have been using them as backgrounds for their crypto punks, for their board mm-hmm. apes. Uh, there's all kinds of fun stuff happening there. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, you know, you don't have to really understand all this crazy history that I just explained to buy a London gift. I hope that they're visually appealing enough that it's just like, you mm-hmm. know what, I just want to own one for fun, right? Or or own one like an art blocks for speculation. Uh, um, but yeah, like that's the history though behind the gift. So you're not just buying generative art, you're buying something that I think has a lot of embedded um, history in it. And, and it's been my job to uh, uh, shill that part of the, the project. It's so cool how you went from documenting or like camcording history, like you said, yeah. 
to making it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was the goal with London and, and we were very, uh, scared that we wouldn't be able to pull it off. But I think we, uh, I, I definitely blew it, um, blew all of our, um, uh, ex- expectations out of the water when it, when it came out. <clears throat> so it's David, crazy I, to think about that. The very first transaction on the new fork yeah. was your guys project. Yeah. I mean, what are the odds? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a global thing. It could have been yeah. any, like that, let alone that is enough to more people need to know that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think that adds a lot of credibility, honestly, to proof of beauty to have that's that transaction awesome. hash. That's really cool. I had a quick yeah. follow-up uh, question about London. How much were London tokens? How much did it cost to mint a, a London gift at the time of mint? Maybe in ETH terms and USD, if you know it. Uh, I definitely won't have exact numbers here. Um, to get London, um, since it was low gas price and you didn't have to pay any ETH, it was a fair launch project. Right. Uh, we, we didn't pre-mine anything. We didn't ask for any money for it. Um if you minted at 15.59 G-Way, it probably the London would have costed you $4 for 1,559 of it because it's ETH is cheap at 15.59 G-Way. Um, but I know some folks, just because they were trying to get in, get in on, the, on the NFT last minute, they were trying to scramble in and get transactions in. They were like paying 60 G-Way. Um, mm-hmm. But at 60 G-Way, you only got like 100 London tokens. So they were actually paying a huge premium just to even get a little bit of London which is ironic for, for yeah. how the gas market works. Um, but I do know that the price surged all the way up to like about seven to 10 cents um, a coin uh, for London, just right up to the hard fork. Um, and that was really amazing to see uh, because some of our early supporters of this project who minted like millions of London were able to now profit um, without even the NFT coming out yet, right? So they were able to sell their London for multiple ETH, right? And, and that was... Uh, very different, you know, compared to gas wars that we're seeing with art blocks, with other NFT projects where the miners reap the reward of their, of this huge FOMO, but we wanted a way to reward early supporters. And, and I think London did that, right? Um, so I think at the time of minting, because, I mean, the market's very thin for London tokens, it, it was between seven to 12 cents. Uh, you know, uh-huh. it's, so if it was for and to get an NFT was one thousand five hundred fifty nine London token. So napkin math, it would be about one hundred fifty, uh, one hundred fifty, one hundred sixty dollars. And the price floor was stabilizing on the secondary market around 0.09. So that was about break even, I think. Um, and now we're seeing that kind of rise as as um, more folks are learning about what London is, uh, London gift is. So aside from needing London tokens to mint the London gift, how does the token play into the ecosystem you guys are building? Yeah, yeah. So that's a great question. Um, after we release a London gift, all that London that we acquired, well, not we, but the DAO acquired is now part of its like working capital, right? So it's like a weird way of thinking about it, right? Like most ICO projects, they release a token and then they save a portion of it for themselves. We did it the other way. We gave it all out. And then we had to get get it back in, all hmm. right? So uh, the way we got it back in was the London gift hmm. um, NFT and how we sold it. So about 13 million of the token was, is housed by the DAO, which is, th- we have a supply of 45 million of them. So that's a, about 25% of the supply is now held by the DAO. Um, it also receives 5% of the secondary market fees. So we have about a thousand ETH of volume on London gift. So now it has about 50 ETH of 
capital it can use to do things. Um, and the London token and the London gift are governance power to this DAO. Um, and and we, we really only gave it the directive that this DAO should continue the London experiment um, and whatever that means. Mm. Um, and the community has kind of grafted around this, this, this identity that we should be the, the DAO that creates history and celebrates history. So when uh, the Ethereum merge happens, um, uh, when it changed from proof of work to proof of stake, mm-hmm. um, I think the London DAO is going to try to do something for that event, um, pr- but pretty much perpetuate this, um, the, first, the, the initial ambition of, of the London project, uh, but just for future historic events. And, and now that it's a DAO, it has a operating capacity to do it. And, and I know that a lot of the other folks want the London token to almost be like a mid pass. So if you want to get into exclusive NFTs, you will need to own London tokens to get access to it. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of speculation on the value, but we didn't define a lot of value in the beginning. We literally were just like, guys, you guys are getting a meme token. Like, like we're, mm-hmm. we're going to be frank with you. We, we haven't figured out any value for this yet. And the point is, is we're going to figure it out together, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, and then, you know, still a lot of folks love the idea, love what the, the 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 story behind the project is and, and and now we're you know working hard to with the community to build out value that's really cool has the dow deployed any of that capital yet on any projects or anything uh not not yet we have a lot of great proposals in play we have a burn mechanic that we want that people want to introduce to the london gift project so that you can burn those nfts to get a different nft um, that's kind of in, in line with what EIP 1559 is all about, which is burning ETH. So they were like, we got to burn London gift cause it's, it's only poetic to do so. Um, so there's that proposal kind of going through its process. And I think that would eventually have to, um, uh, uh, deploy capital to fund developers, fund whatever is needed to realize that, um, there's been a lot of work right now on, boosting the LPs on the liquidity on London tokens. So there's been a lot of great proposals to deploy capital and deploy London tokens into uh, AMMs to support the liquidity needed to sustain a DAO, right? Um, So that's been the two main threads, but there's a lot of other random ideas that people are willing to build. There's ideas around the London, there's like people want to create a loaning group internally in the DAO where you can put up a NFT that you own as collateral, right? And you can hmm. draw money out and you can only get access to this if you are a London DAO member, right? If you hold London tokens as like a small credit union, but for London people, mm-hmm. right? So there's a lot of great ideas. It's, it's really just been like, we found a way to get a community get together and the community now is like, well, shit, we, we, we have money, we have intention, let's realize it. And they're all very quirky, you know, excited, like exciting ideas. So um, that's awesome. I have two quick questions I want to jump in with one. How do I join the DAO? And two, how do I get London token? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You joined the London DAO literally just by owning either a gift or 1,559 London tokens. Okay. Um, You can do more if you want to be a whale. Um, Obviously that means more voting power. Uh-huh. Uh, but that's the minimum to get on our discord and access all the private channels um, that, that is, a, that is reserved for uh, the London down members. And you can buy London on Sushi swap. We have a, a AMM there. I wouldn't say the, y- y- the slippage is amazing. Um, we're working on that, but mm-hmm. you could definitely buy London gift on the open sea markets for 
you know, it floors 0.13 right now. So. And, and that I did this morning. I picked up body cause uh, <laughs> in anticipation of this interview. I think it's so cool. So maybe do you want to just take a look at the features real quick? Uh, we could walk through them. So uh, what are some of the ones that the community has picked out that you want to highlight? Yeah, um, I think a lot of the community loves the, if you go to the name uh, uh, filter mm -hmm. and go all the way down to the unique, which is, so most of these names are randomly generated, yep. but then I took some time to make some funny <laughs> names right. and I, I, I just watched Deadpool when I when I did these names. So I wanted to do some fourth <laughs> wall breaking <laughs> names. This so like IPA. some of these That's are pretty funny. I love that. Um, uh, so some of these are pretty uh, funny, I think, and, and lighthearted. They're supposed to make a, a few pokes at the NFT space. Um, um, Can you show this for me? Last sold yeah. for 100 ETH for sale for 101 <laughs> ETH. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's just, these are really rare tokens, right? Uh, I guess NFTs, and, and there's only 30 of them out of the thousand, 8,000 of them. Um, yeah. And, and, and People have been trying to get their hands on these, um, and that's been it's just been fun creating these names. And I I, I know that the community had a great laugh um, from some of these names. Um, um, there's just different commentary on, on crypto culture, on NFT culture. Yeah, they're awesome. So, David, correct me if I'm wrong, but these London gifts they were generated on Mint, right? They weren't generated before. These were actually generated before. Okay. Um, uh, hash is not because hash is a design constraint that you know we, we we can't know what transaction you're giving us until you gave it you give it to us. But right. <clears throat> for for London, we took a page out of how Bored Apes did its launch, um, mm. and, and and they did it pre 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 built. So we, okay, we took yeah. the same. I saw you took inspiration from Bored Apes, and I saw that on your website. Can you go a little bit more into detail about that inspiration? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think when we clar I to clarify inspiration, it, it was much more of a technical inspiration, as sure. in how they uh, uh, built their NFT project to last a very, very, very long time, or if not forever, right? Uh, since the London gift is a project celebrating London to hard fork, it should exist as long as Ethereum exists, right? So we had mm -hmm. we wanted to build a design constraint that this thing is decentralized as long-term as possible. And I think Bored Apes has one of the better designs out there uh, uh, that allows for great rich artworks, but also uh, stores a lot of stuff on chain to allow you to maintain that this is in fact the right NFT that's pointing to the right metadata. So that's what I mean by inspiration is we, I looked at its contracts, we looked at its provenance design and, and we uh, figured out um, uh, you know, a lot of great ideas there uh, that we can build for London Gift. So I've been looking at Artblocks lately, and it looks like they have some similar type of projects. Do you have any opinion on Artblocks? Do you own any? What do you think about them? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Artblocks is, uh, I, I've, I've known of them when they were, you know, just on Rinkaby, uh, when they were just a test project uh, out in November last year. I don't remember. Um yeah, I mean, I, I think the community is amazing. Um, there's been a lot of great noise, and I think that what they're doing is lifting all other generative art mm. up. Right, we're all rising with their with what they're demonstrating and, and the market that's capable of being created. Um, I do think, um, as a project, there's there's some genuinely good art. Um, I, I do think that some things I personally don't visually find appealing, but 
some of the work, like the Fidenza pieces, like they were truly, I think, uh, uh, amazing to me. Uh, uh, Subscape was really good. Um, a lot of the work coming from Keith Golid or Golid is, is really well done. I really liked it. I remember when Fidenza was kind of quiet, the market wasn't going crazy like it is now. I was putting out 10 ETH offers and nobody was taking them. Um, hmm. I was just like, darn, it's like 10 ETH is not a lot. I was like the only one dropping 10 ETH offers. Um, and, and nobody took them and I kind of regret not offering more ETH now. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, it, they're doing great things for the general market. I do know that they have some growing pains that they're working through with gas wars uh, um, and pricing out their new community members because of just how expensive now curated pieces are and Artbox Factory is as well. Um, and yeah, I think they caught on a great meme, which is like this trading card kind of experience, right? You, you, you pull a random and you hopefully you get a great thing. There's such, such a small supply. Um, and that's really awesome to see. Um, is that something that Proof of Beauty is interested in doing? Um, not necessarily, mainly because I think they've kind of figured it out. Um, and we don't really think there's precisely something that we can offer that is very, very unique. I do think that the London gift um, visually and its design was very inspired by how Artblocks works. Um, so it, it is meant to draw the Artblocks community towards the Proof of Beauty ecosystem. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I think Snowfro, the guy who founded um, Artblock, is doing great stuff there. Um, and, and it's sustaining a great community. There's DAOs now going on with their some of their artworks. Uh, um, only good things to say for them. And, and we're reaping the, you know, the windfall so, of a successful generative art project. You gave me a little tidbit that I didn't know. So Snowfro is actually the guy who founded Artblocks. Yeah, I mean, he was a good, okay. he was a one man army in the beginning that that, that yeah. all of the Artblocks platform. And I follow him on Twitter and, and I've been following him for a while. I didn't even realize that <laughs> that's the guy who founded Artblocks. Okay, yeah, I know he owns a shitload of CryptoPunks and, <laughs> and NFTs, but hey, now I know. Yeah, all checks yeah. out. All makes yeah. sense. So, David, can you tell us a little bit more about the the London nightclub DAO? Um, I, I guess, how does governance work on the platform? Is it a quadratic voting thing? Is it one token equals one vote? Mm -hmm. uh, that's a great question. Uh, we have um, implemented quadratic voting via snapshot proposals. Um, I don't think we're in a place where governance is mature enough to put everything on chain and also the gas fees are horrifyingly bad <laughs> if you have to pay $40 a vote um, um, and $40 if you don't want to vote um, or withdraw your vote. Um, so we so we have to do this off-chain via gasless voting um, and that's snapshot uh, and it's quadratic voting. Um, so we, we do have a lot of big whales um, for London. There's a lot of guys with million dollar plus, well, million London plus. So to kind of even out the playing field, uh, quadratic voting made a lot of sense to us. <clears throat> That's yeah, it does make sense. And those, those uh, people with all that London, if I got the right contract, London is um, pretty up there now compared to what fifteen, what you were explaining, 1559 of them equal to in the beginning to get it. Now it seems that that token price has gone up quite a bit, but I don't know if that's the right co contract. I was looking on SushiSwap, but I got kind of confused or I think I got lost and did a scam London token. <laughs> there's... there's <clears throat> Uh, so there is a London. I, I I think I know what you're talking about. On SushiSwap, I looked up London. There's a London token that's very priced well, and that's because it's an NFTX um, token. It, it's 
it it's represents on the price. Got it. Of, yeah. of the of a London gift, where it is actually a different London, which is a hmm. ERC twenty. So I was confused on that, and and I don't know why they called the London, I guess NFTX thing, London as well. Hmm. They should have called it London gift, whatever. Hmm. Um, yeah. I think that is what I was looking at. <laughs> but uh, moving on from that part and kind of going into the general NFT space, where do you think that, um, what do you think the booming in the NFT popularity in, you know, industries and celebrities and stuff getting into these and paying ridiculous amounts of money, but actually raising the value of, <clears throat> you know, just someone who has a, a normal everyday NFT that they got, they found on Twitter, got it for, you know, 0 0.02 ETH or something, not, yeah. not a whole lot, but not too cheap, but you know, they got it. And now all of a sudden that they're becoming millionaires because they yeah. had all these bunch. What do you think about all that stuff going on in this space right now? Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, I, that's a great question. I, uh, you know, when I joined the DeFi space, I, I, I fell in love with this ambition to, uh, uh, it's ambition to make wealth, equitable to access um and and that was just this very fundamental idea that if we make a protocol that does does not care who you are it, sh it should give you the equal amount of access to to all the financial levers that we can access to right as a participant right that means using compound without knowing what skin color or what nationality or whatever um in, the, in a very I, I guess what do you call it realistic more pragmatic view of that vision i think uh uh defi you need assets you need you need a lot of money to really participate in a financially great way with with these things unless you're yoloing into like thousand percent plus yields and yeah. hopefully you don't get bank run risk right you, hopefully your token doesn't just tank right mm. so as much as the ambition is there it's it's i don't think we were seeing truly the fruits of the labor um, whereas in NFTs, I think we're seeing people capturing, uh, um, you know, communities via NFTs capturing uh, uh, brand power, capturing reputability in an NFT, and now they're able to sell these for for a hundred, a thousand x to folks that needs reputation, that needs that mm -hmm. very scarce resource, and it's creating generational wealth. It's mm -hmm. creating a truly equitable world it's given ETH a truly powerful reason to be a denominated asset right like I've never in my life thought in ETH until NFTs right like mm -hmm. I, I thought everything in the US dollar like my mm -hmm. my personal accounts in Zerion and everything it's it's in ETH now it's not in US dollar which is incredibly powerful right mm -hmm. um, um, and yeah so seeing that movement where early speculators are able to capture the windfall of this demand is, is amazing I, I think we don't see this often with wealth distribution systems um, in the real world or, or even in really in, in DeFi, right? I think the Uniswap airdrop was very powerful, mm -hmm. right? Folks were making $10,000 all of a sudden because Uniswap decided to do a distribution like that, right? And and I'm all for those kind of things, right? Um, yeah. and, and it's definitely going to create a lot of FOMO and, and less mm -hmm. uh, uh, well-intended projects will come in and, and these will eventually result in corrections in the market um, um, but I think this is a very long-term bullish sign that people want um, want to participate in this new reputation market that is being established by NFTs, this new uh, content market that is established, right? Um, and they're 
more than happy to come to the table with a anonymous address to participate. Whereas before it was a lot more you know, credit based. You had to participate via institutions, via agencies or whatever, and they all take a cut, right? Um, yeah. So <clears throat> Yeah. So yeah, were you surprised when Visa bought the CryptoPunk the other day? Uh, <laughs> and what do you think is gonna happen next? Yeah, yeah. I mean I, I actually interned at Visa when I was still in college. So I, I've definitely seen what Visa is internally, but not all their teams. Um, I definitely was a little bit surprised that it was Visa that, that was the first one. I wouldn't be surprised if they were one of the few that were at the beginning, but I didn't expect them to be the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do know that their, I guess their assets team, whoever's managing their wealth, is a very, very sharp team. And, and how they have strategically invested in a lot of different fintech companies before and, and, and whatever the future of wealth is, they've been fairly on top of their game and, and this crypto punks investment, both in marketing stunt, but I think also a huge um, like glass ceiling that they broke for mm-hmm. institutions mm-hmm. that in fact, crypto punks, you know, the fact that they publicly said that versus buying a Bitcoin is <laughs> very <laughs> fascinating, right? Um, yeah. And tells you that owning a CryptoPunk, you're not just owning something that appreciates in value. There's a genuine amount of reputational power, uh-huh. uh, cultural power that you bought, right? Which uh, Bitcoin spent 10 years building, right? For the Bitcoin meme, but mm-hmm. CryptoPunks did it in three years, right? Mm-hmm. Or really did it in this year, right? Because yeah, two years months. before, you could have bought a punk for like, you know, like five, like, dollars right like ouch yeah (laughs) (laughs) if i could only go back uh so speaking of going back earlier this year we kind of saw the first uh little nft bubble uh going on prices went crazy and then as the crypto prices went up uh people started moving their value into those assets instead um Mm -hmm. I kind of think that that while everything is is like priced in ETH on OpenSea, people are still looking at that USD value at the end of the day. Uh, and as ETH goes up, do you expect the NFT space to kind of struggle and, and um, you know price price floors go down? What do you think is going to happen as the price of Ethereum rises? It probably there will be a correction in the NFT space and do um, denominating things in ETH when the newcomers are denominating things in the US dollar will create a clash um mm-hmm. right like for folks like ourselves for myself who, who 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 has been owning nft eth for a while uh where we have acquired eth at three digit numbers versus what it is now mm-hmm. um, uh, um there's we're, we're bound for a correction i think that's just kind of the natural inflows of, of the market mm-hmm. um i've somebody or, or we had i had a conversation with somebody we were like the seven stages of hell but the seven stages of crypto price movements like BTC moves ETH moves and then altcoins and then NFT starts to move like it's like a windfall of processing where hmm. wealth kind of just moves around and it flows back into the top right. level again so we're seeing we're gonna always see that and and so with things being denominated in ETH it's um you know there's gonna be a lot of new folks like crap like, like board eight is 130,000 US dollars right? like that's a year's salary from for like a software yeah. engineer in, in the Bay Area, right? Like that's, you know, and that's pre-tax, right? So let's, yeah. uh, that's <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> so do you think that, that you said the NFT bubble maybe comes after the altcoin bubble? 
Um, but we saw it in, in like early January coming like before Bitcoin almost. And then now we're seeing it come again, maybe right before Bitcoin. Do you think it's it's before or after? Uh, I don't have any magic eight ball to tell me that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know what the sequencing is at this point. Uh-huh. Um, I do think that Bitcoin's mimetic strength over the uh, over to other markets is, has been weakening a little bit more and more. Um, but I mean, institutions are still buying a lot of Bitcoin, right? And I think that's yeah. more than anything a bullish sign for Bitcoin as a store of value. So um, for sure, I don't know. The sequencing will always change. It's, that's just how it, you know. If I were to predict that, I would make a, I would lose a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think that um, the NFT <clears throat> boom is happening again, like with Bored Apes and Budgie penguins and all of these different ones, these either profile picture or, um, you know, these are these collectible NFT projects. Why do you think they're all booming again? Uh, One, some I've heard is saying that it's the community is bringing everybody together, but I wanted to see as someone that's actually doing a successful project. Why do you think this is a taking off rapid fire? Like it is in what before it died? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think the bub- the bubble in March uh, really needed a correction. It was at a place where we were operating, a lot of us, I think, in the dark when it comes to price discovery, to community building. And I think the correction did come in, and, and people were calling it the NFT hangover or whatever, where, where capital inflows were, were, were a lot slower um, at the time. But during that time, I don't think the NFT space was not building, right? We were all still hard at work, and, and because there was less noise, we were able to be a little less uh, um, kind of fighting fires by the day. We were more strategic and mindful of what we needed to do. I can just speak on my own experience out in March when we were doing um, hash still, or that was the main focus, like like compared to what I know now about community building, about price discovery, about the tokenomics with NFTs. Like I feel like I was a toddler out in March, mm-hmm. right? Like we didn't understand anything or I didn't understand anything. And, um, we had Hashmasks, and I believe, you know, there's other great projects, but um, I, I think once the NFT hangover happened, we were just kind of, I think it was a powder keg. We were just literally waiting for like the right spark and then everything was going to come back again, right? It was just, uh, to me, it was just a matter of time for the bull market to come back. It was either in a few months, half a year or whatever, but um the NFT spark market works off a lot of FOMO, right? Like, like, like a hedge fund goes buys in 500 ETH, mm-hmm. or whatever, or or buys a, a sweeps a whole floor on CryptoPunks, and then that windfall brings everybody over again, right? Um, when mm-hmm. people are making money, everybody comes to make money. Um, mm-hmm. But there's been a lot of maturing between these two bear, bull bear cycles, which is insane for how fast um, the market has been moving. The fact that we've been able to grow with it. Um, right, like the fact that OpenSea now shows floor price instead of average price, mm-hmm. like that, was, like it literally showed average price for years, right from the beginning that OpenSea existed because they nobody understood that floor price mattered, not average price, right? Like it took us a bear, a bull market, and a bear cycle to realize that's actually the the statistic that we wanted to be working towards, right? And mm. we have tools like Rarity Sniper, Rarity tools that allows people to speculate on how rare your NFTs are. Uh, people are seeing the present power of the reputation that you can gain if you own a crypto punk and that's your portrait, right? So um, mm. 
Yeah, it's 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 like we're laying a lot of the good groundwork, and we're also seeing a lot of great um, infrastructure projects come out. Right, the fact that uh, uh, you know that the OpenSea made like a billion, like had a billion dollars of volume or whatever, and raised a hundred mil, that puts a target on their back. Everybody yeah. wants in on that business now, right? So that means some of the most talented people are now in the market, right? Mm-hmm. Not buying, but building, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a huge talent draw that that NFTs just simply haven't had until this year, right? Like it's, I don't think mm-hmm. we were able, it was able to draw the best people because it just felt like a very small market right before yeah. January, right? And, and this correction, I think, created a lot of people that stuck along, right? So. For sure. I like so, these because I think that the um, the PFP or even the art projects are going to be here for a couple of years. But if you look back and you look at the tokens that even some that have been on or some in the past, only like maybe three to five out of the past seven years are tokens that we know now, you know, yeah. and, and so and that's going to be the same continuing. But these NFT projects, as long as Ethereum's on Polygon, all these ones that they're on their own blockchain they're going to be there forever. These tokens will come and go, but these like crypto punks are going to be in museums. Um, you know, they're already, they already are. So it's, yeah. it's just really cool to see something like that with the longevity and the lifespan that these will have compared to ICOs and token projects. that will just. Yeah. Fizzle. So yeah. along, along with London came the uh, background change service, uh, which I think is really cool. I've been seeing a bunch of punks and apes with proof of beauty backgrounds. Uh, so if you can maybe talk about uh, how that came about and the network effects you've been seeing, I will uh, show everybody how they can do it uh, while you're explaining. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the big things about London, and I'm certain that you guys have felt this just from me rambling, is it's a complex project. It has a lot of history. Um, but we wanted London Gift to have its own meme that's not a, just about mm-hmm. history. And we wanted something about it that holds its ground for NFT speculators and, and just NFT people in general. So uh, we started to see people use London and Hash as backgrounds for mm-hmm. their uh, 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 avatars. And we just thought that was the meme. That was um, That's how we're going to get people like CryptoPunks who don't you know, quite know what the hard fork is to love London or to love hash. So mm-hmm. we, we really wanted to seize that opportunity and, and create a great project that would grow the, grow that meme. And, and that was, you know, literally two weekends and I, and I, and nearly an all nighter. And we <laughs> uh, slapped together a pretty scrappy service that, you know, we hope that will propagate that story, right. That um, this meme that London gift is a great background for, um, different PFP projects. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm having a little bit of trouble selecting the, the 24PX uh, option for some reason. Uh, Put your ape on there. <laughs> yeah, I wish, man. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I can't show you guys because uh, I don't have any of these other projects right now. Um, but maybe we could talk about how um, you've been adding projects. Have you guys like been in contact with, the, with these creators? Have you let them know, worked with them to integrate with them? Uh, for some of them, the, the communities have reached out to us. For most of these, we've been just taking them by the signal. Like People have wanted this. We're like, okay, we'll add it. Right. Mm-hmm. And some that we obviously had to add just because they're blue chip, right? Like uh, punks. Like, it would be very mm-hmm. dumb of us not to add punks or board apes. Mm-hmm. Like, right. I'm a, I, I own a board ape, right? So I, I wanted to see my own. <laughs> That's yeah. a little bit selfish there, too. Um, 
uh, Cool Cats. I'm a huge Cool Cats fan, so that was a really easy ad for us. Um, yeah, we, it's open source, so people can just drop in and literally just mm. add two lines of code, and voila, you can add your own uh, 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 avatar into the process. We do permission it because sometimes the, the result is less to be less than desired, and something like Photoshop may work a little bit better and we're not interested in recreating Photoshop. So um, we had to restrict a few of them, but we've been collaborating with a few communities like the Crypto Zunks um, community, which is a derivative of the CryptoPunks project. Um, we're working on a giveaway, right? Um, getting their community to, to use punks back, to use gift get backgrounds. Um, uh, the bulls on the block, the bears on the block were really excited too, right? And we were trying to help them out. Um, but yeah, yeah, we, we, it's been the case by case basis, but awesome. Um, uh, that's unfortunately really all the time we have for today, David, thank you so much again, uh, for stopping yeah. by. It was a great interview as always. I'm really excited awesome. to see what's next for proof of beauty. Do you have anything you could share with us now? Yeah, I guess, uh, hash we have seasons, uh, which I'm not going to go too much into, but that's how we do generations of, of okay. artworks. Uh, we're right now in season one saga. We do have a season two planned after season one sells out. And season two, I'll just give it its name. It's called Toshi. Um, mm. And I think Toshi, if you mm. think about what it means, um, can tell you what kind of history we're targeting yeah. uh, with Toshi. <laughs> Very cool. I'm excited for that. Um, so yeah, we'll, we will have you back on when that project launches, but, uh, for now, I just want to give you the chance, any shout outs you want to make anything else you want to mention to the audience. The floor is yours. Yeah. Um, you know, we have, we have a lot of great things going on. So following us proof beauty Twitter, um, is, is going to be awesome. And if you go on there, we have a lot of other Twitters now managed by the community, not by us for mm -hmm. each, for all the DAOs that we have going on. So that's been really amazing. If you really want to follow the details of, of all this stuff, all the history that we're, we're, we're telling, we're making, follow those Twitters because um, because uh, you, know, you don't want to miss out on, <laughs> on I think, some of the wacky things yeah. that we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Awesome. Make sure to, to follow those Twitters. They are linked in the description below, and, and so is the website. Uh, it is right under the like button. Wink, wink. Um, but yeah. That's it for our interview and our show today. Um, David, thanks. Ryan, Brian, do you have anything else you want to mention? No, thanks for coming on, David. Absolutely. Awesome, as right. always. Yeah. We'll see you guys Friday. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.